Welcome to the Dollar Wise Podcast. At HFM, one of the most significant values we provide our clients is leveraging our experience helping hundreds successfully navigate through life's transitions. On this podcast, our advisor team explores some of the questions we get every day from our clients. We share some insights on financial topics, and we interview some fantastic professionals from our vast network. Our hope is that you leave with some food for thought and some good ideas to consider. Thank you for joining us. What's up, Dollar Wise listeners? Tyler and Jason here. On our last episode, we talked a lot about cash. It's been in the headlines and the news nonstop the past year, year and a half between Silicon Valley Bank, inflation, high yield savings rates. But we want to pivot on this episode and talk about why investing and investing traditionally in the stock market, in the bond market is still very important. It is still the greatest wealth creator known to mankind. And we have some really awesome statistics and research that our man Andrew in our office, our new power planner put together. And we really just want to dive into this stuff today. Well, that's one of the things we felt like it was so important to revisit this. And we talked I mean, for years, this is our bread and butter, right? Investments. But one of the things that we want to make sure people aren't doing is getting so excited about those high yield savings accounts and those money market funds paying four or 5% that they almost use that as a, I'm starting to see it. I feel like use that as an excuse not to invest because investing is scary right now. We have clients who have cash that they've accumulated over a year, two, three years from either their company or just bonuses that have paid out or just accumulating cash. And there's perfectly normal human nature is to be scared to put that lump sum in or to start investing if you've never done it before. And now that rates on cash are high at four or five percent, it's almost like people are using it like a crutch as well. You know, I'm getting four or five percent. Yeah, which is great. It's certainly better than we've gotten historically, but you are still losing to inflation by about one and a half percent. It's important to remember that. And so today we want to talk, like Tyler said, just about reminding people that even though 2022 was a brutal year for the markets, it was down about 18 percent. We want to keep things in perspective and remind people that, yes, that was one year that was bad. Even the start to this year started good. Then it got bad when Silicon Valley Bank crashed, and now it's coming back up a little bit. We're up about 6% on the year. It's just so important to keep the context. So we're going to go through just the last 10 years of returns and remind people what that perspective is like on that. Why don't we start at 2009? Only because we all know 2008 was horrible. <laughs> 2008 was, was not good. But since 2008, well, and has, real quickly, yeah. what did we feel like in 2008 as investors? The world is ending. The world is ending and it's never going to get any better. We'll never want to invest ever again. Exactly. <laughs> Will it ever come back? That's We heard that so many times in 2008. Will it ever be the same? Will it ever go back up? Will, will, will people projecting that dark, dark image into the future? And there's so many stories of folks that acted on that and they are still not invested since then because they got burned. And it's so important to take into account the long term. So 2008 was horrific, down 36% for the S&P 500, which is the main index we use to measure market performance. The 500, very big, prominent companies in the US. 2009, up 26% roughly. 2010, up 15% roughly. 11, up 2%. 2012, up 16%. 2013, up 32%. I'm getting tired of saying up. (laughs) 2014, up 13.5%. 2015, up a little more than 1%. 2016, up almost 12%. 2017, up almost 22%. 2018 was a bad year. We were down a little more than 4%, which had to take a little break. Had to take a break from all the ups. 19, it was up over 31%. 20, 
2020 up over 18% during the coronavirus year, during the COVID year, and then 2021 up almost 29%, and then 2022, as we know, was down 18%. But there were a lot of ups in there. I mean, going back to 2009, we only had two down years, 2022 and then 2018. So if you were somebody that stayed in the market after 2008, or you started investing after 2008, your current value- you're probably pretty happy. <laughs> and it was after, like we said, a dark time, not just in 2008, but all of the 2000s. From 2000 to 2010 is known as kind of the dead decade because the S&P 500 technically didn't grow. But you had the dot-com bubble in early 2000, 2001, where the market basically got cut in half. And then it got cut in half again in 2008 at its low. I think it was down 54% to the trough. So all in all, it looked pretty dark in 2009. And coming out of it, looking at what was done since then, I think just eyeballing it, most of those, maybe 70, 80% of those years were not only up, but they were double digit ups. Quite a few of them in the teens, in the 20%, and yeah. even in the 30%, one or two of them. Keeping pace with inflation long term isn't necessarily a year to year thing. I remind people of that because we talk about the stock market as the most important way to keep pace with and beat inflation for our investors. And they look at a year like 2022, where inflation's up 8%, market's down 18%. Jason, what are you doing? <laughs> I thought this was supposed to protect me from inflation. The problem is it happens over time. So for the 15 years Tyler just went over with numbers, Inflation was like non-existent. It was yep. like 1% or 2% a year, and the market was crushing it. So when you look over the whole, yeah, the market crushed inflation. One year, of course, it didn't happen, but over time, that's its job. It's to beat inflation and keep your assets growing in a real sense. It's a good point, and you bring up a good point that our listeners should know about. There's two types of returns we look at when we look at investing performance. Nominal rates of return are all the numbers I just spewed off. What did the S&P 500 return? What was that return with dividends? Real return is if we take into account inflation. So whatever it returned or declined by, shave off inflation and show me what actually transpired in terms of purchasing power, in terms of real How return actually get ahead. So let's go back to 2000 because you bring up a good point too about 2000 to 2010 was the lost decade. So even accounting for that pretty bad decade, if you invested a dollar in the S&P 500 back in 2000 to about now, it's up about the 348%. So that same dollar would now be about $4.48. And that's taking into account the almost 18% loss in 2026. That's taking that into account. Real return. So now we got to look at inflation and Back to that inflation, inflation right? really wasn't that relevant until the past couple of years. So it's really these past few years. But even with that said, the real return of that same time period was only 156%. So that same dollar that you invested is really only worth now about $2.56. So $4.48 is what your account would show, your investing account. But what is that worth in terms of purchasing power? only about $2.56. And that's with that tremendous growth in the market because you're invested in the S&P in this example, right? But if you were invested in bonds that were returning a fraction of what the S&P did or even cash that was returning basically nothing, you in all likelihood lost to inflation. Even though your money was somewhere, quote unquote, it was losing to inflation. And so you're actually losing purchasing power in real terms. Even though it felt like you got paid interest, if that interest doesn't keep up with inflation, technically you're still losing money. Well, we say it all the time, right? Because inflation is this weird concept. We see $12 eggs at the store and we're like, inflation, it's here. But how do we 
combat inflation, to your point. And the easiest way I think we've explained it to regular investors is we need to invest in the companies that are the ones raising their prices, because that's what inflation by definition is, the gradual rise or very quick rise in the prices of goods and services. Who are the ones raising those prices of goods and services? The companies, the corporations. So if we can invest in them and not just give our money to the bank down the street, we are realizing the returns the profits that they make from those rises in prices and goods. And that's probably the simplest way we've been able to explain it to investors, why it's so important to invest in these companies that are reaping the returns of inflation. It's just so important when you think about a year like 2022 and it being down 18%. A lot of times people will kid with us. Oh, you're probably getting a lot of phone calls. Oh, you're probably getting a lot of phone calls. And the reality is, sure, we do get some calls from people who are totally understandably concerned about seeing net negatives and drawdowns in their accounts. Not as many as you'd think, but we do get them. And what we try to look at is, at the end of the day, they're asking us, should we make a change? Is there something we should do about this? Because again, human nature is when something happens that we're not comfortable with or that scares us or that puts us in fight or flight mode, we want to take action because it makes us feel like we did something. And so they ask us, should we do anything? And the first question we ask is, is this outside the scope of what we expect from the market? So we look at a year like 2022, down 18%. No doubt that hurts. Feels bad, makes you scared, get it. But is it outside the scope of what we expect from the market? And on two cases, the answer is no. So 18% is roughly half of the worst that we've ever seen in one year on one side of things and the second side of things on timing. You had four years of great market before that, 31%, 18%, and 28%, 2019, 2020, and 2021, to have a year that's down 18% is totally expected. If you go back the history of the S&P 500, I think all the way back to like the 20s, about one in every four years is a down year. So the answer is no. It's not outside the scope of what we expect when we invest, even though it hurts. Just look at the last three, three and a half years though. I mean, think about all that we've been through as a country, as a earth in the past three and a half years. A lot of anxiety and fear, yeah. Supply chain at a standstill. We couldn't leave our houses. Divisive political elections, inflation that we haven't had in multiple decades. And you take all that stuff into account And since 2020, we're still up in the market. Since 2020, we're still up in the market with all of that stuff having transpired. And if you have told us the beginning of 2020, January 1st, all of this crazy stuff is going to happen, what do you want to do with your money? You would say, bury it in the backyard. And what would have happened? Like we talked about in our last episode, that money you buried in your backyard will be worth a lot less today because of all this inflation. Whereas if you just kept it invested in the market in these companies, it would still be up since 2020. So we always say what's going on in the economy and the world and what's going on in the stock market aren't always the same thing. Even if you know what's going to happen with one, you can't predict how the other is going to react because they're so irrational and they're so unpredictable. At the end of the day, that's the moral of the story. The market is unpredictable and irrational. It does what it wants to do. There's a lot of things that always there'll be somebody trying to explain why this happened or why that happened. But at the end of the day, no one has it figured out ahead of time. So you have to be in an investment strategy that you can live with that's built to beat inflation long term. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this episode of the Dollar Wise Podcast. If you are not subscribed yet, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you get all of our updates, all of our new episodes right to your phone. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify. Check us out. 
Thank you again, and we'll see you on the next episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dollar Wise Podcast. At HFM, our mission is to educate and empower our clients to make wise financial decisions. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at hfmadvisors.com. The Dollar Wise Podcast is presented by HFM Investment Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor firm. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer for sale or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. All investments involve risk and are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as a recommendation appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.